From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Good morning. Good morning. So, Stephanie, it's uh, February 9th. Why don't you welcome us back? We're back. It's February 9th. Welcome back to The Stoop. Uh, I hope you had a good winter. It's good. We were actually going to come back in January, but you did did say it's February 9th. Yeah, it's February 9th and life happens. Y'all know life happens. Yeah, Y'all didn't cold. even know it's January. Y'all didn't even know it's February, in fact. Maybe well, you did. Welcome back to the Stoop Sessions. It's good to be back with you guys here on the Stoop. We're going to be talking about some things today. Yeah. We're talking about good news today. I'm Stephanie Greer. I'm Eric Hill. And I'm Joel Kurz. So just real quick, February 20th, Intentional Living Workshop. Uh, it's going to be in person here in Baltimore very small, 40 people cap, social distancing, uh, but it's going to be free on Zoom. So if you are one of our listeners, we want to invite you to go to onehopeworkshop.eventbrite.com and register for the free online intentional living workshop. And we're going to be talking about living near your church intentionally as a strategy. We can't say anywhere in the Bible that God commands Christians to live near their church, but we do think it's a good strategy. So we're going to talk about that at, that at the workshop, and uh, hopefully it'll be encouraging for Christians. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> uh, and it's February, which means it's Black History Month. That's right. Yeah, so what what are you reading? Although I'd, I'd like to argue that you probably read Well, I'm actually time, reading but... a book that you gave me uh, by Francis Grimke, who was a pastor and right around the turn of the century, not... 2000, but 1900, turn of the century, in D.C. at 15th Street Presbyterian Church, and you gave me a collection of uh, his sermons called The Negro, where Francis Grimke uh, highlights the problem of the African-American right around that era, and it's really fascinating because this is coming out of, um, you know, 40-some years or so after slavery, 35 years, and things have actually, in Grimke's mind, they've gotten worse. Mm. And uh, it's really just kind of places him in his historical context. It's so helpful. That's good. There's something about reading biographies that remind us that uh, it it be it, it does us well to know our history. So yeah, that's right. I'm also going to reread this book right here, "My Bondage, My Freedom" by Frederick Douglass. I need it's to finish that. Yeah. I maybe that. I need to reread it to finish Some it. Some good good readings maybe for Black History Month. Yeah, yeah. But hey, not just February, all year round. Yeah, sure. but you know, books. highlights are good. Highlights yeah. are good, and they help us remember. So, me and my kids, we uh, started reading. Well, not a book, but a letter, Dr. King's letter, Martin Luther King, a letter from a Birmingham jail. Mm. So, yep, it's good. Started reading that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I've just been reading uh, mini bios. My friend uh, Jasmine's coming out with a book. On a lot Jasmine of, Holmes? Well, yeah. You know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I, she, she wouldn't say she's famous, and I'm grateful. I think that's why we're friends. <laughs> but um, And I was awkward, and that's how we met. But, um, yeah, coming out with a book, and she is just highlighting a lot of the unsung um, biographies of women in the past, and it's something that's always captivated me. And so I love a good JSTOR um, research biography. 
So lots of bo- lots of ladies in there, Amanda Berry, Mariah Fearing, who mm. I am just trying to be. She went to the mission field at 56. Mm. Mariah. Wow. Or is it Maria? We don't know. We're going to see her in heaven. I'll ask her how to say her name. All right. Well, um, it's good to be back, you guys. We're excited to, to dialogue and jump in. And so let's jump in. Yeah. But actually, I wanted to say this. I read Jasmine Holmes' Mother to Son a couple months ago. Uh, letters. I'm looking at the, the, the book title here. Letters to a Black Boy on Identity and Hope mm. from his mother. It was so good. You did real talk. I really he loved in, the book. I walked into the office one eight thirty in the morning. He just folded up reading. He's like, "I really like yeah. this book. It's one yeah. of my favorites." We need to get Jasmine on the podcast. So come through, friend. Yeah, since you're a regular listener, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get to, uh, let's get to the bigger and news. better things yeah. of the gospel. Eric, what are we talking about today? Talking about the good news. What is that? The, the most important news that anyone will ever hear in this lifetime. So why why do we need to clarify what the gospel is? Man, since the beginning of time, it's been distorted, which is why we've, we've needed true. to know what the good news actually is, mm-hmm. why there's bad news for good news, mm-hmm. and what that bad news is. Because I think sometimes we can conflate uh, bad news with uh, disasters, although that is bad, or we can we can conflate uh, bad news with abuse, although that is bad, and we we can um, sometimes confuse bad news with sadness, although that is bad. But yeah. there there's a greater sadness, and that's that um, we sinned against God. That yeah. we that you know, as I read through Psalm 119, so many times the psalmist is talking about you know I'm 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 you know he uses a, maybe more of a heavier word than sad, but he's so grieved that people would not follow God's word. Mm. And I I think we have to start at, why is it a bad thing that we dishonored God? He's holy. Yeah. And so it is good to know what is exactly the bad news so that we might find hope and freedom in what the good news is. I think Jeremiah as well, the sure. grief of seeing his people wander away from, the weight. from God. You know. yeah. At a practical level, I think of uh, the confusion that professing believers might have as it relates to what the gospel is. You know, if you ask uh, 10 Christians what the gospel is, you know, what what, are, what sort of responses are you going to get? You know what I'm saying? If you ask 10, you might get nine different answers. Man. Well, what, kind of, what, what are some of those answers that you get? You know, some, or that you used to give, rather? Well, I think the number one that used to stick out um, to me, like when I would ask that question is that, um, you know, like I'm just this good person. And the gospel is that you're a good person. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm this good person, and um, you know, God kind of He knows that I'm good, and that kind of gives me the green light to just live how I want to do. He'll accept me because mm-hmm. I'm this good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to a guy yesterday, uh, and it came up that I'm a pastor, and we were talking about preaching. Yeah, and he said when he goes to church, uh, he said he likes to hear the gospel, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then he immediately said, I just like to hear something that is unique and inspiring. Right. And then I'm like, well, what do you think the gospel is? Mm. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, something I get a lot is, you know, God knows my heart, and in the end it'll all work out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he's my judge. And it's interesting how false gospels or distorted gospels um, and we need to get into what the gospel is so we can define it. But yeah. they oftentimes have hints of the truth, uh, but we don't recognize them in the right perspective. So God does know your heart. 
yeah. and he will judge you. That's a scary thing. Yeah, it's a scary thing. So let's talk about why. So Galatians 1, 6 through 9, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of God for a different gospel. There Paul uses the word gospel or euangelion, uh, which is really not another only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort. Here he says the gospel of Christ in verse 7. Uh, so Paul uses the word gospel here in Galatians 1 in a very particular way. And I think when, we, when, when people talk about the gospel, they talk about it often in a general way mm-hmm. to reference you know, a genre of music or a genre of the Bible, right. Matthew, Mark, mm-hmm. Luke, and John, or... Um, you know, good news that God loves me or mm-hmm. uh, good news that uh, I'm a good person or whatever, right. you know, whatever good news yeah. means to them yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Or even the implications of what believing in the good news means, which I think that there, there there's a place for that. Like, sure. oh, yeah, that means Being I'm a good person. Yeah. That you, means I care about my community. That means, you know, and so they jump yeah. into the social implications of that before. What is the gospel? The good news. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because good news is is actually a statement. It's indicative. That's right. Yeah. Right. If if I'm going to share good news with you, it's not something that you're necessarily to go and do, but it's something that's been done that you hear yeah. and respond to. Yeah. Yeah. I think of Romans 10. Yeah. Know, someone has to go and preach the good news. That's right. And you, um, you receive that good news. Yeah. So what is the good news worth receiving? And what's Paul talking about in Galatians one? Yeah. Uh, different gospel. Gospel of Christ. Mike, Michael Horton, uh, in his book, man, I forget which book it was. It might have been... Uh, cool Christianity? No. no. Another one. <laughs> gospel. I think it was in his book, Gospel-Centered Life, um, or Christless Christianity. He talks about this picture from World War II of this sailor kissing this mm. nurse. Have you ever seen this picture? It's mm-hmm. right in the middle of New York. Of course. It's highly debated today. Like, yeah. what kind of man just grabs a woman and kisses her? He didn't know her? No. They were complete <laughs> strangers. Oh. Okay, well, I made like, that story how did this something happen? way right. in my head. <laughs> you can't just do that. Okay. But the point that Horton makes, though, is that there's this massive celebration happening, yeah. and it's because they received good news the good news war was over war was over exactly okay that makes a better case i suppose you know for them nothing you know changed in their actual day-to-day like that moment five minutes before the sun was still out the sky was blue Mm -hmm. you know and all of a sudden they're celebrating right what caused them to celebrate Proclamation. That right. proclamation. Yeah. And you were compelled then to do nothing else besides celebrate. Yeah. You had to. Besides find a girl and kiss her. I, well, there's a lot of other <laughs> options, but. Yeah. And that's not the, re- finding a girl and kissing her is not the response that our gospel calls us. Praise to. God. Right. That would be yeah. another gospel that we don't preach here. <laughs> but. Unless, that, that's good that you said that, though. It's a good distinction. The, the gospel, it does come with a, with a response. Like, it's not just something that we hear. But it's something that must be obeyed. That's you right. You know, yeah. So that's, I think we have to, when we um, proclaim the gospel, like, we have to make sure people understand that there's a response that comes with it. Yeah. yeah. And that is to repent and believe. Yeah. So let's walk through it. What is the gospel? So Romans 1, right, Paul says, Paul, servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures concerning his son. 
who's descended from David. So we have to remember that the gospel is about a person. It's about Jesus. A lot of times I think people make the mistake of thinking it's about them. Mm. But it's actually about Jesus, about God, what he's done. Mm-hmm. So I think we always have to start start there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. God being holy, yeah. God being perfect, God being righteous, and God creating man. Yeah. What happened? What happened with man? Man, well, it's <laughs> uh, Genesis three is what happened, but we call that the fall. That's right. So God created man to worship Him, to enjoy Him forever. That's right. And uh, we fell. We've sinned. We fall short of the the glory of God. And, you know, sin could be, uh, we we could say that missing the mark. But, you know, I've been reading recently and as I'm reading some of the, like, I'm going through Ephesians and reading through Romans. I'm like, there's a weight besides missing the mark because Mm -hmm. in our culture now, it's like, well, you know, I I did 99, but what's what's that 1%? And you're like, no, no, no. You didn't miss, you didn't just miss the mark. You sinned. Yep, and you have right. fallen short of the glory of God. You don't deserve yeah. to see him. You actually deserve death. And so in uh, what happened in the fall was that man disobeyed God yeah. and um, decided to do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, praise God that our story doesn't end there. I'm really ha- happy to say right. that because I, I couldn't, I'm not going to lie, I couldn't ha- hopefully just say, man, that is, that's heavy. We're, we're, that's hopelessness that's right. right there. But we have to understand how deeply that sin affects us for us to understand the good news. That's you know, true. Sometimes if we just jump straight that's to true. Jesus and the good work that he did, yeah. um, we're actually not understanding the good news because we don't understand what he's saving us from. Mm, right? Wait. So that's why uh, this, the holiness of God the then the sinfulness of us has to be so um, yeah. rightly mm-hmm. explained and yeah, understood right. in order for the good news to actually be good news. In Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching to the Jews in the temple, and he highlights the holiness of God. You, he says, you denied, verse 14, the holy and righteous one. Sure. His holiness is evoked there, uh, the perfections of Christ, the perfections of God, uh, the lawgiver, and we've denied him. We've rebelled against God. That's right. And as R.C. Sproul says, sin then is not just simply uh, mm-hmm. a, a mistake, but sin That's is right. cosmic, cosmic treason. treason. Yeah. 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 That's a, good. A, a willful rebellion. Yeah, it was we, our we, decision. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's good, Joel, that you didn't even let me escape with the, oh, man, when you, you know, a sign of receiving the good news is to realize, man, I thought sin was bad. But the more God is opening up my eyes, I'm realizing how vile mm-hmm. I, I, I actually was. I, you know, I was uh, not just a, um, a neutral party. I actually hated God. Um, and so that is, that's good to, to realize that we were not all right in our state. We're not okay as we were living. We, needed, we need the good news, um, and we'd have no other hope outside of it because yeah. we— we hated God. If sin is uh, against an eternal God, then the punishment is an eternal punishment. Right. And there's no way out of that. There's nothing we can do to remedy that situation. What does Romans 3.23 say? For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. That's right. That's right. All, everybody. What a leveling playing field. So it, what's the good news? <laughs> as we're sitting here somber, somber. So the good news is that uh, instead of instead of uh, us being condemned to hell, 
which we all deserve because we've sinned against this this holy God. All right, God in his mercy, his grace, sends his son Jesus, right, to die for us. Um, he lived the perfect life of obedience, which we should have lived. And um, he died for our sins. So he took our punishment on the cross. And then he didn't stay dead. If he would have stayed dead, he would have just been like everybody else who came and, and died on this earth. But he, he was raised from the dead, right? He defeated death, he seated at the right hand of God. And, you know, one day he'll, he'll come back for us. Yeah. So we're called to believe and to repent. Let's camp out on two different things yeah. that you just said there. One is he took our punishment. Yeah. And the second one is he rose from the dead. Yep. So he took our punishment. And, and uh, we, we typically call this the substitutional atonement, atonement or penal substitution, meaning the penalty that I deserved right. for my sin was eternal death. And that penalty was taken by Jesus. It was put onto Christ and by his stripes. We are healed. I feel like you can't say that without a shout or a, ooh, but I guess I just did. <laughs> Amen. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him mm-hmm. we might become the righteousness of God. So in, in his death, there's right. this exchange that happens in which he takes our penalty for sin. He takes sin. He becomes sin. Uh, he represents us. He... Uh, is our uh, substitute so that in him we might have what he has, and that's his righteousness. Mm -hmm. We take his righteousness as he takes our sin. Something you said about him, like, representing us. So Adam, right, he represented us too. That's right. Well, we see he didn't didn't do a good job of that. That's right. And we see the second Adam. Miserable failure. That's right. We see the second Adam in Christ comes, and he he did a great job. Yeah. And just all that's wrapped in to Christ choosing to represent us, the inheritance that we receive, the right. promises, you know, the Holy Spirit, the uh, yeah. the dignity. It's amazing. And then, you know, you said, Eric, you know, not only did he raise again, but he's coming back for us. That's right. That, that brings us to the fact that the good news is not just good news for the here and now, but it's good news right. for the world to come, which mm-hmm. is eternity. That's right. And I think that more than any message of temporal hope here right. is, is first of all, it's revolutionary. No, no one can promise that because no one is like God, but also the fact that he's coming back for us and that That's we, right. we get to live with him, yep. commune with him, obey him, which obey can sound like such a bad word when you don't understand the delight <laughs> that is to walk in God's commandments. That's right. It's not like we were doing that great on our own. Exactly. You know, and so I, I just love that, that he resurrected and he's coming back. Not only does he give us dignity and hope and forgiveness for the trespasses of our sins, but he says, I'm coming back to lavish my grace on you and even in a, in a more, more way than he has. So that's just encouraging good news. And to, yeah. to preach any other gospel besides that, that's right. Is devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, going right back to Acts chapter 3 and Peter's sermon as he's declaring the gospel there, uh, walking through the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man. On the sinfulness of man, he says, you denied him. You killed him. Like, we are uh, complicit right. in his yeah. death. Uh, but he did this for us so that our sins, he says in verse 9, might be blotted out. Mm. Uh, blotted out is a strong word there. Yeah. It's like as if it never happened. Sure. You know, it's it's as if there was never even a mark on the paper. Uh, but it's just completely wiped clean. 
And, uh, but then he goes on in verse 20, 21 stuff, and to get, get to what you're saying there, he says, uh, Christ is in heaven, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things, which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophet so long ago. And so here in his gospel proclamation, he says that the benefits of being a recipient of the gospel is that one, your sins are blotted out now, but two, that there's a restoration of all things that is to come. Part of the gospel is that, right? It's not just simply that we're forgiven of our sins, but it's that one day there will be no death, no tears for the old order is passed away. All things are made new. The world is going to be made new again. The whole That's world. good news. Yeah. That is good news. That is good news. I, I think of uh, Isaiah 44, 22. I'm going to say it again. I think of <laughs> Isaiah 44 and 22. This decaf coffee is not hitting. <laughs> it's not decaf. It is decaf, or maybe it's not. No, I bought this myself. No, I didn't. I can't remember. But this... Uh, Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44, 22. My brother's like, and yes. <laughs> um, he's swept away. He's blotted out our transgressions like a cloud and our sins like a mist. And he, he beckons us, return to me for I have redeemed you. Mm. To be redeemed. Yeah. I just, it's hopeful news. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it makes me think, you know, my evangelism, this is another episode for another day, but my evangelism would be that much more invigorated if I realized more uh, personally uh, God's redemption of me. Mm-hmm. I'd want to preach that. Mm-hmm. Like I'd preach going to the next coffee shop. Mm-hmm. That's good. So that's just good news, being redeemed. How cool is it that we actually can be a part of God's story of redemption? Right. Right. Like my, my life just in and of itself is just like regular right. ordinary life. But to be a member of man, like yeah. his kingdom, what he's doing in the world. Yep. Yeah. That's wonderful. A great story, man. Um going back to Christ, Eric, you had mentioned first Corinthians fifteen. So uh the apostle Paul he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. So to Paul, like the gospel was of, of first importance. Yeah, what was it? First Corinthians fifteen, three and first four. First Corinthians fifteen, verses three and four. Yeah. And and there he clearly articulates that it's Christ who died. That's right. For us on our behalf. Yeah. Yeah. And that he was raised. We have to, like, we can't overstate that. The tomb is empty, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. empty, man. Like, if, if he wasn't raised. Well, and going back to yeah. first Adam and second Adam, yep. that's that's the theological point that tro- Paul's trying to draw out yeah. there with the Adam's analogy right. is that Adam died, Adam sinned, Adam was under the curse, and all uh, who Adam represent that's right. are dead mm-hmm. and will remain dead and under the curse, uh, eternal death. And uh, the second Adam came, represented a new human race, if you would. And he, the second Adam, rose from the dead. And so if we are part of that new humanity, then we too are going to share in the resurrection of the dead. And if Christ had not been raised, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. We're among all men to be pitied. pitied. That's right. What are we doing on Sunday mornings? If he if he had not been raised, Go I'm sleep, sleeping in, man. Brunch, Especially this time, it's gonna be snowing. That's right. That's right. right. For those in. who love snow, and for those who don't, like myself, I'm yeah. like, uh, God, you're worth it. I can't wait to worship with your people. 
an right. extraordinary ordinariness. Hey, look at that. I'm right. trying to really, really. <laughs> that, that was I my be, sermon, wasn't it? I'm right. trying to really bring it together. <clears throat> um, all right, so teacher Shepherd. If there is a second Adam, all right, there's a new humanity that we are invited to be a, a, a participant in. The question then is, how is it that somebody can participate? How do we get into this kingdom? Because it's only good news, right, if there's actually an entrance into the kingdom. That's right. A response. So, yeah, and then that response is to, to repent, to turn from your sins, and to put your trust uh, in Jesus. And you become a part of the family of God. That's right. How do you do that, Eric? Because, you know, repent and turn. I remember uh, Joel had been preaching a series and he kept saying, turn from your sin, repent, Mm -hmm. trust in Jesus, cling to him. Um, And sometimes that sounds like, what what does that require of me? Because in so many other false gospels, there's so much works involved do this repent do this sounds do like this. a work, sounds like right? a work. so like yeah. what does it yeah. actually mean to say i've repented i'm placing my trust in i'm changing my mind like what 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 does that look like yeah um it means just to to give up uh this thought of like trying to earn god's favor it's like you change your mind about that and you actually fall upon christ you receive his work everything right. that he's done because the gospel, it tells us that the work has already been done. That's the good news. Like, you don't, you don't have to work for it. Yeah. And he offers, right, this salvation to us through the gospel. Um, it's free. It's a free offer. So Yeah, I think the word repent can be a troublesome word for some yeah. folks because uh, it sounds like works. Mm-hmm. You know, repent sounds like behavioral modification, behavioral yeah. change. Yeah. Uh, but according to the Bible, there's there's repentance, and then there's fruit of repentance. Mm-hmm. Right. So fruit of repentance is the change in behavior. So what is repentance? The Bible, it seems as if the apostles use a couple different words to uh, frame out what it means to respond to the gospel. So they'll say repent, they'll say turn, they'll say believe, yeah. and they kind of use them interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, not that they're all the exact same meaning, but maybe like a diamond, as you turn the diamond, you see different angles of what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so to repent then, is, it's not a work. It is a change of mind. It's yeah. much, very much so synonymous with belief. Yeah. So I'll use a quick analogy. Imagine uh, there's a man who's in a burning house and his daughter comes into his bedroom in the middle of the night and says, Dad, wake up. The house is on fire. Yeah. What does that man do? Well, he believes that the house is on fire and, and he repents in that moment. He hasn't moved yet, but he's changed his mind about his state of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bed is no longer comfortable. So, the bed yeah. no longer provides you know, the yeah. warmth and the comfort that it once did. So that is the moment of belief repentance. Again, he hasn't yet moved. That's right. Now he moves and gets out of bed. That's fruit of repentance. Mm-hmm. You see the difference? Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think of the uh the apostle Paul like in Acts chapter 9. Like one minute he's on his way to persecute Christians and then like his his mind was changed. Like when he had this encounter with Jesus, his mind was changed. He no longer saw Christians as like this um sect of people that mm-hmm. were, you know, just worshiping like this false god or whatever. But he saw them as being like the children of God, and he turned. He changed his mind. Yeah. 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 I think of Romans 10, 9 through 10, where it says, because 
If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And I think about the beauty that God has given us to confess and say, I I believe what you said about me mm-hmm. and I believe what you've said about you. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, we'd switch that. I believe what you've said about you. You are exactly who you say you are. Yeah. Holy, righteous, just. And in doing that, I realize that I believe the same, that I've sinned, I've fallen short, and I'm in need of a perfect substitution. I can do that not on my own, but only through Christ. And so I will receive what you've given to me. Yeah. You know, nothing in my hands I bring, right? That's right. That's right. So repentance, belief, uh, response, let's just call it response, is it must be part of the gospel. Uh, it must be part of the gospel presentation when we share the gospel with somebody or when we understand what the gospel is. Uh, Jesus first, Jesus in Mark chapter one, verse 14 and 15, uh, he's beginning his ministry. And it says in verse 14 that he's proclaiming the good news of God or the gospel of God. Uh, Here, Jesus is proclaiming the evangelion. He's proclaiming the message of redemption to the lost world. Uh, He then says in verse 15, immediately after that, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the good news. And Eric, I think you said earlier, Stephanie, you said, one of you said (laughs) that it's, uh, it comes with a command. That's right. That comes with a command to obey. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gospel is not good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a suggestion. No. It's a command. Repent and believe the good news. Amen. So that we might be saved. Amen. That's right. So let's summarize it in four words. I think we can do that, <laughs> mostly because it's been done for us. <laughs> right. All right. So we've got God, man, Christ, Christ and a response. Yeah. That's a good summary. <laughs> Got to give it to. I don't listen. know who came up with that. I don't know either. Yeah. I, I'm looking for citations. We should but find out. I picked it up and was like, you know, that is a very concise way for yeah. me to remember. And, and so, then there's another four words that kind of lay out the story of the Bible, oh, yeah. which is creation, fall, fall. redemption, restoration. restoration. That's right. You Those know, are also four words. When, when I'm working with our church members and helping them to understand uh, how to share the gospel, uh, I like to keep those yeah. those two paradigms in mind, those two outlines, and I think that we can weave those together well. One of them tells the story of the good news. The other one tells the, uh, the, the basics of what it means to, uh, to, be, to become a Christian, to be a Christian. We're wrapping up uh, this episode. Um, I hope, hopefully, we did a good job of explaining uh, the true gospel uh, to you guys, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now we're going to look at some false gospels um, that you guys can be uh, on alert for. Join us next time on the Stoop. Thanks for listening to the Stoop sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.